Welcome to Simon Says Educate. I'm Simon, your AI host, and I'm here to guide you through the exciting world of teaching and learning at Clover Park Technical College. Together with my human co-hosts, we'll explore the latest trends and best practices in education, bringing you a fresh and engaging perspective on what's happening in classrooms and beyond. Each week, we'll dive deep into the issues that matter most to our community, interviewing faculty members, students, and other thought leaders in the field. We'll discuss everything from the newest teaching strategies and classroom technologies, to the challenges and opportunities of online learning, and the impact of education on students' lives and careers. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be inspired and informed as we embark on this educational journey together. Welcome to Simon Says Educate. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Simon Says Educate. I'm Ronald Lethko, and I'm a member of the Teaching and Learning Center at Clover Park Technical College. Today, we are sitting down with a repeat guest to the podcast. Today, we are interviewing Dion Alexander, a mathematics instructor from Clover Park Technical College. We've spoken to him before in episode eight, where we talked about OER implementation and what he is doing with open education resources in his courses. But today we want to talk to him about his experience at the recent Lilly conference. Let's go ahead and jump right in. Can you briefly describe the core concept of your presentation at the Lilly conference this year? Sure. Um, so we presented myself, Deanna Ferdy, who is a English instructor, and Chris Chan Mahoney, who is the Dean of Academics. Uh, we went down to San Diego this year and we presented on um, directed self-placement and our co-rec and how that has vastly improved our one-year completion rates here at Clover Park Technical College. For those who, people who don't know, what is a directed self-placement and what is a co-requisite? So a directed self-placement is we no longer are having our students do assessments when they're coming in to enroll in a college. So before, typically, we would have them do an assessment before we would place them into their math and English courses. And now what we do is we what we call a confidence interval is we have students kind of look at math type questions and rate their confidence on how well they can or cannot an answer that type question. And same with English, you know, you're asked to review a paragraph and just ask if you notice many run on sentences or if the grammar and our punctuation is correct in that particular paragraph or scenario. That ties directly to what a co-rec is. The co-rec model is that whatever pre-college math or English you would have took in that quarter, you now will take it with your college level of uh, math or English and you would get that just in time support for whatever college level concept you're covering in your math and our English course. So think of it like if you need pre-algebra or introduction to algebra, you no longer need all of those core concepts from either one of those courses. You would just need whatever core concept you need for the college level class that you're in. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like it's a little bit more of an accessible way to get students in the classes that they need to be in. Correct. Okay. So in your experience, how have these strategies impacted the student engagement and empowerment in the courses like 
Well, I can speak um, as someone who's been teaching statistics for quite some time before you would need, like if you came in at the bottom level, before you would get into your college level stats class, you would need to take three prereq pre-college math courses before you would even get to it. So it would take you a year before you would even get to your college level stats class. And of course, if there was a hiccup along the way, you would need to repeat that course until you passed it. Now you're able to take those three courses wind, wound into one and your college level stats course at the same time. And you're able to pass the, both of those courses in one uh, quarter. So your college level stats class would still be five credits like any other college level math and or English course. And the, the co-rec, the support class, would be an additional three credits. Oh, you're getting the work done very quickly. And I was like much more efficiently that of having it spread out over a year. You can, you can get it all done in one fell swoop. I'm sure the students love that. Yes, it saves the students a ton of money, and it's just something in which they can get it all done right away and not pushing it all for an entire year. Yeah, I can definitely see the benefits of that. So could you walk us through the process of creating an effective DSP question that can cater to this diverse student needs and academic backgrounds? So for us, um, we had to come together as a math faculty and an English faculty and we looked at what the curriculum called for in those college level courses and what the curriculum called for in those pre-college level courses. And so when we designed the questions, a lot of it was based upon what they would see in the pre-college level. And so for the math DSP, for example, you know, there there's three levels of developmental math that we look at, and that's the reviewing arithmetic which is basically just pre-algebra, your introduction to algebra, and then your intermediate algebra. So we looked at those concepts and which ones applied or which ones was the previous prereq to the college level math course. And we just took those concepts out and kind of drew our own type questions and our scenarios, which again, there's no right or wrong answer. It's just, you know, zero. I have no idea how to answer this one. I kind of know what this is. I remember saying it too. I'm pretty confident in doing this three. I definitely can do this. And that's how we rate whether or not you need the support or you can take the college level class without the support. So, okay. You're, you're putting a lot, uh, into the students' hands of, you know, kind of where they're really, where they're rating themselves. Have you ever had it where a student would rate, you know, that they're very confident and that they can do all these things, but then found out that maybe they thought a little bit too highly of themselves? Yes, yeah, certainly. And typically when the, you know, the first week or so, when you're explaining what the college level course is, or if they are reading through the syllabus and they feel like, oh man, I probably bit off a little more than I can chew. We let them know about the support. Not every math and our college level English class have support. So um, we advise typically if, if we come across a student that's like, I'm a little weaker than I thought, and I maybe do, 
need a little more support, we advise them that the support is there in the support classes, which would be an additional three credits, which sometimes can hamper some students because they're, you know, whatever financial aid and or financial package in which they're um, being provided to help fund them for school, it may impact that. So it's a pro and a con with it. The, the pro, obviously, they can get done in a, in a year. Um, they can have the support that will help them get done. Um, and the con being that if they have a financial burden, you know, paying for an additional three credits, especially paying out of pocket, can be a burden in which then we just advise them about the strong tutoring center that we have, the tutors that we have available, as well as for um, a lot of our classes, we're starting to get embedded tutors in which we have tutors in the classroom um, helping those students uh, gain that educational and eventually career success that they're striving to get. Well, I definitely appreciate the honesty about it. And it sounds like we do have stuff in the college in place that will um, help to kind of negate that. So let's go back to the conference and uh, your presentation. Uh, first, how, how do you think that your presentation went? Uh, I think it went well. I mean, we've, we've done this presentation a couple of times, so we kind of have our our show and tell moment. We're pretty confident with what we're presenting. Um, we have the data to back up what we're presenting. So we're showing the proof of concept that it, it actually works. Being a math faculty myself, I came in kicking and screaming with the idea. You know, now that I've been doing it for a couple of years now, it's something that I wholeheartedly believe in. Okay. So in your presentation description, it said y'all had an open discussion. And so I'm curious if there were any intriguing points or suggestions raised by other educators that were curious about refining the co-requisite program. It came at the math. I mean, and math is kind of that, that black eye um, gatekeeper course that a lot of technical colleges and, and community colleges are facing. So a lot of the questions was directed at the math. Um, and it was basically, you know, how are the students building that foundation, you know, before they're getting into these college level courses with the rigor of the college level courses. And, you know, the way I usually answer that is, is simple. I think of like, if I'm going to the grocery store to get laundry detergent. There's no point in me being at the deli and looking at lunch meat. You know, it's, it's like you don't need to know all these concepts. You don't need to know how to do how to factor polynomials to do statistics. Right. So it's like, why would you take those two to three weeks covering that concept when you're never going to use it in a college level statistics class? So it's just that just in time training that they need because you don't they don't need based upon where they're going. They don't need that fundamental or that foundation for a particular concept because they'll never cover it with the type of curriculum you're, they're being asked to cover in the college level course. Oh, yeah, that's a really good point. And I love that analogy. Very, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, okay, so yeah, it sounds like uh, the DSP is working well. So I've heard you've been to the Lilly Conference before and I heard that this was one of the best times that you've went. So apart from your presentation, what were some other innovative ideas and approaches to teaching or active and engaged learning? Um, it was just a wealth of information, particularly surrounding AI, which I am very intrigued about. Um, and just having an opportunity to really sit down and kind of understand 
how it can be implemented in um, education and how it can, when utilized correctly, can really benefit everyone. I mean, it's here, so it's it's not like students are not starting to get a grasp of it themselves, but if it's used correctly, it can be very powerful. So that was one of the things I was very interested in. Also, there was a lot of presentations on accessibility and I'm big with the OER. So just, um, just, just getting some more pointers on how to make my course in particular, but more courses, um, even more accessible, um, for students so that, you know, that financial burden is not on the students. Yes, yes, yes. I love that. And, um, yeah, we, we spoke about your OER experience, as I said, in episode eight, if you want to hear some more from Dion Alexander. Also, in regards to uh, AI and education, we just recently completed the AI series on Time It Says Educate, episodes 20 to 23. And your co-presenter, uh, Diana Faraday, was in episode 22. So if anybody wants to hear her talk about what she's doing with AI in her classroom, you can go ahead and give that episode a listen. And wrapping up here with Dion Alexander, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about related to the Lilly Conference or the DSPs or co-requisites uh, today for the podcast? Yeah, I just, I think that the Lilly Conference is one of the better conferences out there, just the way they put it together. I like how it's it's not a long conference. It's only a couple of days, kind of get in there, get out. Um, a lot of good information uh, provided. And, and lastly, with the DSP and Corex is that, you know, they go hand in hand. It's not, it, in my opinion, it's not something that you're going to want to try one or the other. You're going to have to get buy-in from both your math and English faculty, as well as your enrollment center and specialists on understanding, you know, how to break down those confidence scores so that students are being advised correctly. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And um, a nice note to finish on because, yeah, it seems like um, it, it it definitely has its pros. Um, but, yeah, you really got to kind of go all in so that it can work the way that it should. Uh, Dion Alexander, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast again to tell us about the work that you've been doing with the college. And I hope that a lot of people can get a lot of information, uh, good information about what you're doing. Thank you, Dion. Thank you for having me, Ronald. Uh, it's always a pleasure. And that is going to wrap up this episode of Simon Says Educate. I want to thank you all for listening, and we will see you next time. And that wraps up another insightful episode of Simon Says Educate. Thank you for joining us today as we delved into the fascinating world of teaching and learning at Clover Park Technical College. We hope you've enjoyed the conversation and gained valuable insights to inspire your own educational journey. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform, so you won't miss any of our upcoming episodes. Remember to join us again next week as we continue to explore innovative strategies and share inspiring stories from the CPTC community. Until then, I'm Simon, your AI host, reminding you to never stop learning and growing. Take care, and see you next time on Simon Says Educate.